Okay, and now we are on to the final part of, you know, uh, segment two of Army Anonymous. I should figure out how to call it, because, like, part two didn't really sound correct, because we're technically on part three, but I guess um, just the second installment of Army Anonymous, we are on the last few questions, and I really love this segment, so kind of sad that like we're almost done answering questions but hey that means the form is going to open up soon and you guys can submit more exactly so we last time we left off uh we were on we had just finished answering the first question under the fandom division section so we're going to keep continuing off of that and just go forward so this one says i saw a very small account giving their opinion on b and life goes on at this point as an adult in a veteran army, I don't let many things get to me. However, I still get bothered when people come after the guy's creativity and artistry. We all know how hard they worked on Dynamite, Life Goes On, and B. This person basically tweeted how they hated the title track and they thought that BTS should have stuck with making happier songs like Dynamite. They even forced themselves to watch Life Goes On performances. I'm sure this account did not even watch any of the YouTube lives that BTS put out for B promotions. Before I blocked them, I was wondering why they would tweet such hurtful things on a group they supposedly stand. It seems they're new and they're coming off as a JK solo. A tweet was on their disapproval on BTS and Big Hit taking Jungkook's solo song away. Stay was supposedly planned for his mixtape and got added to B instead. At Shooky Tweet said it said it best. If BTS are not providing that happiness anymore, then by all means leave the fandom. No one is forcing you to stay. The main point of my rambling is every comeback we have to reiterate that if being an army is no longer fulfilling your happiness, then go. Why do people like this account do this? Why do people have to bring up, oh, I miss the old BTS. When I used to stand BTS, they had better stuff than current releases. Ooh, this is actually very this true because I don't true. like this. I, I don't understand, especially the whole, oh, BTS are so westernized now. When I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, every single music genre since their debut, the whole K-pop industry, like, it's all Western influence. Like, it's all Westernized. Like, I don't know what they mean. And also, um, before we dive into this person, sorry, sorry, person, we're going to answer this, but just a quick tangent. Um, it really <laughs> bothers me when people are like, I miss BTS's old music, because if BTS released music similarly to how they used to, people would be so angry because the line distribution was more rap line focused um, in their older oh, yeah. albums. So I know vocal line solos would be livid uh, that like Jimin and Jin and Tay especially, cause like Jungkook would usually get like a chorus, um, but it was usually those three that like people were always up in arms about of them not getting enough lines so like i can just imagine the chaos that would be <laughs> yeah because like you were saying because i've mentioned this before where like back in the days like it was mainly the rap line getting that focus because you know back then their music was more predominantly hip-hop they were trying to have that sort of vibe and so the vocal line it was pretty difficult to fit that in and you know especially like Jimin, Tae, Jin, like they were kind of, I guess, in the back 
um they kind of had to take a backseat compared to like the rap line and then jungkook because jungkook not only was like obviously he's been the main vocalist since debut but on top of that he was also like a sub rapper so he was getting way more lines than the other three so like their old music it slapped but line distribution could have definitely been better and then on top of that like their older music even the members have said themselves that like back then they didn't like for the vocalists especially they didn't have like as many songs to express themselves and so like the music that they're doing now is probably more like themselves than it ever has been and so to just suddenly act like all of their newer stuff is trash or it's not like the old bts like what does the old BTS even mean? Like, of course, there's always going to be an older version of yourself that's different. Mm-hmm. You can never stay totally the same, especially for them, because it's been seven years. You're telling me that you expected them to be the exact same people putting out the exact same music for seven years straight? Does that even make sense to you? And, like, their their production is, like, so mature and crisp. Like, it's still... I know I'm saying, like, a lot. I'm sorry. Try to work on it. Uh, but... Their music is seriously so good just on a fundamental level and they're still able to seamlessly blend vocals with rap like that hip hop influence is still there and I think the I think one of the reason reasons why BTS's music is so appealing is because uh like in a lot of K-pop groups like their songs it'll be you know a vocal track and then it'll just be a random rap break that just breaks into the middle of the song and it's kind of random because I feel like a lot of k-pop groups they be rappers because it's trendy but then they're like how are we wait now we have to actually utilize this member so like it's it's kind of messy BTS is able to really seamlessly blend rap with vocals they know I don't know they're the way they go about their music is just really I don't want to say like intelligent but they they know what they're doing when it comes to music production and it's just really discouraging that people don't see that i don't know (laughs) yeah because i remember like the whole like rap thing the problem with like a lot of other k-pop groups is that like when it comes to rapping like a lot of uh, a lot of companies don't necessarily know what to do with the rappers that they went to go and look for and I remember even in We Are Bulletproof Part 2, Yoongi was there rapping how there are a lot of people who join a company and are forced to be rappers because they don't know how to sing. So there's where that problem comes from. But like the validity of other rappers, I feel like that could be a whole different episode. So I digress. But anyway, I um, say, to go back. Yeah, I want to say shout out to OP for blocking this person because you don't want to see that negativity on your timeline. No, absolutely not. Because, like, for me, like, I tried to enjoy the comeback um, off of Twitter as much as I could. Because, obviously, like, even if, like, I make lists and stuff, sometimes, like, negativity just always seeps through. I don't want somebody to be, like, killing my vibe on day one. So, once I was listening to the music on Spotify, like, my, I was basically logged off. I tweeted my live reactions and then I went to bed. So um, good on them for making sure that their comeback is trying to like, be as positive as possible. And like to go back to what they were saying, I agree. Like If you feel like BTS is not filling that void for you, 
then just don't be a fan of them. I don't know why so many people force themselves to like a group or like their music when they no longer like it and they know that. For me, if I know that I am starting to fall out of love with a certain musical act or just anything in general, I'm not going to force myself to continue to like that. Obviously, I know people can feel sort of sentimental to BCS if they're fans of them and they feel like it, um, you know, is kind of leaving them for good if they decide that they don't like their music anymore and they don't want to admit that. But honestly, like, if it's not for you, then stop making yourself miserable and stop making other people miserable because you are miserable yeah i think that i think it really boils down to people don't want to let go because at one point something in this case bts was really special for them and the idea of just dropping them and not following their music anymore can be a little bit uncomfortable because you know they used to be someone you listen to and look at all the time and so the idea of abandoning that is kind of makes you feel like you don't know what to do next however I think you have to reach a point where you say I need to let go and I need to move on and it, it sucks it sucks but it's just something that is inevitably going to happen, and you just got to rip the band-aid off. But I also understand the hesitation. Yeah, like, it sucks for you to come to terms with the fact that you might not love them anymore, but what sucks even more is trying to make other people not love them. Like, just because you... Um, like, the, the whole logic behind for these types of people is that if they are starting not to not to like bts anymore it's because of bts and not because of them so mm -hmm. like basically for them it's like oh if other people like bts that's a problem because according to my standards they're not good anymore so they're like coming after other people and sort of making the whole timeline miserable based off of their own standards and you know it's pretty just it's, it's pretty egocentric you know like i don't know it i just don't like that whole sort of mentality the psychology major in me just finds the way people deal with these things so fascinating because it's obviously a projection like they have their mindset that you know, no one wants to, I think it's actually easier to come with the fact that you don't love BTS as much anymore if you put the blame on others and on BTS themselves. It's like, oh, it's not me that's grown out of them. It's because they've changed so much and they've made me not like them as much. And therefore, because BTS is the problem, that of course other people must be experiencing the same thing. And when you see other people aren't experiencing the same thing, it kind of confuses you. And you're like, I don't understand how people can still be happy when, you know, BTS isn't putting things up to what they consider a good standard. When in reality, they're just pushing the blame off of themselves and not wanting to come to the realization that they've just grown out of whatever their relationship is with BTS and they don't want to, I guess, put blame on themselves. Yeah, and I I just totally agree with that. And on top of that, like, it's just extremely disrespectful 
to their artistry to say that like oh the old bts was better oh i miss the old bts the old bts they were they were different oh uh all this stuff you know because it's like bts you know i think being saying stuff like that is really what is damaging to a lot of artists like bts because it sort of boxes them into something and prevents them from exploring because when you start associating bts with i don't know certain genres or certain styles or certain appearances or certain personalities then it's like once they step out of that box you're going to assume it's a negative thing when in reality it's simply because they're growing and evolving as a person just because bts aren't the same as they were four five six seven years ago that doesn't mean that it's bad or that there's something wrong with them it just means that they're different and you know some people really just don't want to accept that change and that's why again like you said it's just easier to blame those people like bts instead of blaming themselves for just not liking the way they are now obviously like you don't have to like everybody and i'm not gonna force anybody to like bts personalities if they don't like them but to say that it's a bts problem and not a you problem come on yeah i see another example where i see this is there's been a lot of discussions over i mean it's been happening i think the past like two years or so but i see it just like pop up every once in a while people talk about the shift in tay's personality and they are always talking about how you know he isn't as you know eccentric and he's not as lively anymore which i kind of disagree like if you watch like their run episodes and stuff like i feel like he's still there but he's so much older now he's not 18 years old he's uh he's in his mid-20s and he's had to carry so much weight the position bts are in basically holding the k-pop industry up on their bare shoulders it's it's a lot of stress and it's understandable that he's not going to be so carefree when you have 20 million plus people watching you all the time and so i think people making these judgments is just I don't know. I I don't think they really realize how unfair they're being. Yeah. And then actually, you know what this reminds me of? Because um, for anybody who knows who Billie Eilish is, basically Billie Eilish, she's 18 years old and she's like a really uh, mainstream, uh, I guess, alternative pop. Is that what her sort of music focuses around? That's like a style I would call it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Pop, alternative pop artist, singer. Anyway, um, Basically, um, she does these interviews with, I think it's Variety or something mm -hmm. like, oh, oh no, I think it might be Vanity, either Vanity or Variety, oh, but she does um, an interview on the same day every year. And basically on each year, um, she looks back at videos of her past self doing the interview and she likes to see what's changed and they like to ask her the same questions to see if like she's changed her mind about stuff or if she's remained the same. And I remember when she first started doing the interview, she was like 16 mm -hmm. and um, she like was very bright eyed. She was very bubbly. Like, and I remember one of the questions they asked her was, do you feel the stress of fame? And she was like, nope, not really. And then the next year when she came back, when she was 17, they asked her the same thing again. Like her answer was totally different. She was like, yep, I feel so much stress right now. Like, like she was just in a completely different yeah, mindset like so like, some people like the increase of like her instagram following she was like it blew up so fast um in fact the recent so it's the fourth year this has happened 
and Vanity Fair just uploaded it um, November 30th. Uh, so just a few weeks ago, the fourth installment of that. So you can like go look at it and you can see the change over just four years of how much um, the launch to fame has changed her personality. Yeah. And so like you could see how like at first she started out like very innocent, very like almost like naive, like she wasn't like really knowing what to expect. And you can see how the amount of fame she's gotten has changed her in so many ways, whether that's positive or negative. And if this is what's happening in four years, imagine BTS who have been training some of them since 2010 and have been in the industry for almost a decade, some of them already a decade. So it's like, you can't expect people not to change, especially from the circumstances that they were in, the stress that's been put on him, you know, especially the stuff that he shared with us publicly. Think about like what happened with his grandmother. Like there was just so much stuff that had happened to him. Like he lost a couple of friends too. Like that's messed up. Like he got messed up. Like a lot of people don't take that into account. And just the fact that like when you get older, you just sometimes mellow out. Like a lot of people just mellow out when they get older. I used to be super annoying as a teenager. Used to be super rowdy, rambunctious. Like I I was just a mess. But now these days I'm a lot more laid back. I'm so much more introverted. Like but and then someone could look at me from back then and think, "Oh, what happened? Like you changed." And I'm like, "Yeah, okay. But that's life." people change you're telling me like you haven't changed in the past few years that's impossible people change and life goes on exactly and honestly again just to summarize if you've fallen out of love with bts i'm sorry but that is a you problem and you need to stop forcing yourself to like bcs just move on to somebody else i know it's going to be uncomfortable it might be a weird change but you can't be making other people miserable because you are miserable that's not cool okay next ask says armies really need to bring back the silent treatment way of dealing with haters just report block and move on type and I agree uh, to an extent because I feel like we try and then like we say we're going to do this and then every comeback uh, it becomes messy again. Our fandom's too big, that's why. So yeah. even when we say that we're going to ignore like there's always going to be that small percentage of people who will still go after the person we're trying to uh, report in silence. And obviously because our fandom keeps getting bigger, like that small percentage will also keep getting bigger. So it's just, it's just always chaotic. Um, I don't know if we could ever go back to like fully doing the silent treatment, but if more people could actually cooperate and participate, that would be great. Yeah, it's definitely, like, I really wish I could be like, yeah, armies are totally gonna, you know, move in silence, but it's just impossible. We can't all police each other. It's just not gonna happen, and I think, I mean, I kind of understand where people are coming from, because there are some times where I see people just say something that's flat out insulting to BTS's character, and I'm like, how could you say that about them? Like, I don't know, BTS are just seven boys that really just love to make music and love to perform. They're not hurting ev- They're not hurting anyone. And people just have a vendetta against them. And it's so, you know, heartbreaking. And you want to speak for them and you want to protect them and be like, whatever image you have of them is false. But 
at the end of the day, these people don't care. So, better spend your energy on people that do. Yeah, like, a lot of people don't understand how many people on Twitter are here just to spread hate and go. They're not here because they want to listen to whatever you have to say. A lot of the people who you're trying to talk to are on burner accounts with minimal followers and was probably created this month. They're not here to hear you out. Like, you just need to move on. Report them and move on. Because especially when it's a smaller account, it's so much easier to suspend them if they violate the rules. So just... If you see something, then you spread it to your group chat and you can report and you can block and then they'll be dealt with. And then that's it. Same thing with uh, locals that are, you know, like 20, 30 year old men who like to hate on female interests and are probably racist and actually don't care what you have to say. Because you'll I'll see so many tweets where it's like how can people even stand bts why don't why wouldn't they want to stand people that actually write their own music and it's like bts do like they they they, but they don't care they just see that oh they're from this industry so they make their assumptions and it doesn't matter you could show them an entire album credits and see that uh bts are listed on there and they still won't care in fact it was so funny. Um, I saw like this one where they were like, well, show me album credits. And it, I think they were talking about Yoongi or something or Namjoon. I think it was Namjoon. Um, but because they were using the name Namjoon when they saw the album credits, obviously he's listed as RM. So people were like, uh, there's not a single BTS member listed on these album credits. Not understanding. What a dumbass. <laughs> not understanding that uh it, they, they just go under a different name so honestly it's it's just not worth it with people that don't care <laughs> every time i try and reason with locals i feel like i get heart palpitations i've given up like y'all <laughs> i don't know how you guys have so much energy i don't know it must be the 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 loose energy you guys have because you're not busy walking around and doing all this stuff because miss rona's got us all trapped in the house but maybe maybe they're also like newer armies because like for example i am so burnt out by hyyh theories when i joined the fandom in 2015 that was like the peak it was a beautiful time there were so many theories i loved it it was also when i was on tumblr which is great for like making master posts and stuff and so from 2015 to like 2017, I was all up in that. And then eventually around like 2018, I was like, I just feel so burnt out. Like newer armies can take the reins, but at this point, I don't want to make my head explode with trying to understand the lore of everything. So newer armies, you can, you can handle theories, but I'm done. <laughs> Yeah, like literally every single time I see that picture of the freaking train, I want to explode. That the world is going to end. Um, it's going to be, whether it be by nuclear explosion or climate change or flooding, whatever, the world is going to end. And that screenshot of Namjoon in front of that train station in the Rhyme <laughs> Music video is the only thing going to be left in existence. <laughs> 
Oh, and then when it's the only thing left in existence and some civilization that has somehow survived finds it, then they're still going to theorize as to what it means they're and then it will just never stop. It means and it's going to be put on like a pedestal and they'll be like, this man must be our new god or something. <laughs> oh god, I could literally just imagine that right now and I would mm. not be surprised if that happens, but basically like we're burnt out even with like theories and stuff like so imagine us with 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 aunties and trolls in general like we're tired we're burnt out like i'm not going to be yelling at people all day because that's not what my twitter experience is here for obviously i like to talk about discourse but like i'm also here for the boys and that's my top priority so like i don't understand people who just spend mm -hmm. so much time uh engaging with aunties because it's like are you here to fight or are you here to listen to some good music yeah for newer armies listen you're gonna be so burnt out five years down the road you're gonna be just exhausted kind of like we are like we're not exhausted with bts of course but like more like just the culture surrounding discourse on twitter and stuff which is of course why we started this podcast in the first place um but it's just one of those things where where do you really want to utilize your energy do you, you want to spend it uh fighting with people on twitter that actually don't care about having a nuanced discussion or do you want to just enjoy your time with bts so that is my advice yep and i think that pretty much just sums up the question so the next one um they say it's not a question it's just something i felt the need to say i've been seeing a lot of armies using negativity to encourage others to stream slash buy it's always y'all don't appreciate blank enough and it shows the streams are so low right now where's the biggest fandom i mean i'd get tired of being always dramatic about everything p.s how did the two of you meet and then they added to my face at the end that was cute oh that's cute <laughs> we'll we'll um We'll answer all the parts of this. I hate this approach and I completely agree the whole mm, y'all aren't streaming, you clearly don't appreciate X, X member and it's just so annoying. And for people who don't understand the psychology of this, imagine that you are going downstairs to do the dishes and then your mom or sibling or whatever is like, um, you need to do the dishes and then you're like, heck it, I don't want to do it anymore because you told me to do it. Uh, it's just, it's just like how your body just, you just react in that way. It's like, well, now I'm not going to do it because you told me to. Um, which of course sucks, but like, don't make people feel bad and like make them feel that they're not doing enough. That's not, that's not encouraging. Positive reinforcement is always the better way to go you don't want to and by positive reinforcement i mean using encouraging words not using negative words using encouraging words and be like hey this is our streams right now here's our next goal let's keep streaming to reach this goal that is a way better approach than saying hey here's our streams right now you guys suck <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like, I, I totally agree with this. I always hated this idea of, like, using streams or views on something as a gauge for how much you love a member. And it pisses me off because um, 
you know, as a fan of music, naturally you are going to have your preferences in genre and all that. And of course, as we know, BTS cover multiple different genres, which means there's something for everybody. And obviously some songs are going to naturally be more popular than others, depending on what's mainstream and what's not. So when people get surprised that not every solo song has an equal amount of streams to each other, it's like, kind of what did you expect because it's like obviously some people are going to be more inclined towards certain types of music than others so naturally the number of streams is going to be uneven anyway and it's not because we don't love a certain member it's just that some people just prefer other music for example there are certain times when i might listen to i don't know persona over epiphany you know i'm not gonna go and put them on the same playlist or stream them all the time at the same frequency People need to understand that. And also, again, with the whole positive reinforcement thing, like, yeah, like you need to work on being able to encourage people in a way that's not like totally shitting on them and totally complaining about like, oh, like you guys aren't doing enough. You guys suck at this. And it's like, come on, because that I've also seen that theme with, for example, like, um, you know how there might be a humanitarian issue going on and it's like oh you guys had so much energy for black lives matter where's your energy for this Uh, you know it's that that. type of thing it's like maybe not a lot of people are aware of it or maybe there's actually not a lot that people can do other than spread information like there's like the world is so complex and not everything can just, you know, be fixed by some hashtags. And especially, it especially depends on, like, the country and, like, what the conflict is. Uh, for example, especially when it comes to natural disasters and stuff, um, you can share relief funds, you can let people know what's going on, but other than that, what, a, what, a, what are people supposed to do, you know? Um, I definitely think that Black Lives Matter has become kind of the, it's like what everyone kind of steps on to lift their own issues, which is not the way to go about it. It also, I don't know, it seems kind of racist to me to be like, oh, so you care about black people, but you don't care about so-and-so people from this country. And it's like guys you can bring issue to something like people are allowed to care about multiple things at the same time so i don't understand the need to always have one thing in the spotlight yeah like i really hate this idea of bringing other things up to elevate your own problem or your own issue because like you could easily just say hey we need to spread awareness for this issue. Can you guys help? You don't have to be stepping on other people's things. Like just because people had like energy for this, that doesn't mean that they suddenly don't care about whatever you're supporting. And like, it's that type of negativity that makes people less likely to help you. So in that sense, going back to the question, saying stuff like you guys aren't doing enough, you guys aren't streaming enough, you guys suck at doing this. And that's why we're not getting anywhere. Like saying stuff like that, People are not going to go and stream and buy mm-hmm. after that because they're not going to want to after you literally just like degraded them. Like, exactly. I don't know. Imagine, I don't imagine like you're at work. Uh, you've been working 
all day on like this project and you're like okay i think this is kind of satisfactory so i'm gonna turn it in and then your boss says uh this really sucks this isn't what i the quality i expected and you worked on it all day so it's so discouraging and you're gonna be like why should i i already put my all into this so why the heck should i try and do better it's like when you study for a test really hard and you still get a bad grade it, it makes you feel so discouraged it's like why do i even try so just apply that logic to streaming and you can see why the approach of just degrading people is never gonna work exactly it's trash so there's that and then to answer the next part about how the two of us met um, we had mentioned it a little bit in episode zero, but basically what had happened was uh, last year in January, it's almost actually been two years, yeah, it's almost but two years. Um, it was like around the end of January and me, I was kind of just like on my own on Stan Twitter. Um, so I tweeted out, I was like, hey, um, I'm looking for a couple of psychology majors uh, in the fandom who want to make a group chat, leave a purple heart in their replies if you're up for it. And she was one of them. So I added um, her and a few others to this group chat, which we still have today. And um, yeah, we basically just got to know each other uh, through that group chat. And we've pretty much been friends ever since. Yay. <laughs> Thank you. It's, it's, it's always so cute that people actually uh, care about, <laughs> I don't know, when people like ask us, like, how are you? I'm just like, oh, you, you actually care? How thoughtful. <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh, yeah, you remember that there's a yeah, human behind this voice. you remember that there's a human behind this voice. Thank you. Um, so, yep, that wraps up that. All right, and the next ask is the hate 30-plus armies get. I'm in my early 40s, and while it won't stop me from trying to carve out my own space in this fandom, the jokes and downright meanness can be a bit much at times. It can go from age death jokes to just acting like we don't or shouldn't exist. The age death jokes are hard as someone who is a cancer survivor and has had to face many mortality a couple of times. Who has had to face my mortality a couple of times. Excuse me. I don't like being reminded of that daily. So the, it was just a joke. It's not that serious comments are infuriating. I'm just trying to enjoy great music and love on our boys as much as possible. But folks won't let me be great. LOL from the USA. This is so sad. Oh my God. I, I see this a lot. Uh, I don't understand. And you know it's like teenagers um, and probably people in their very early 20s that do this. And I don't think they understand that older women are the backbone of fandoms. Like everything, the reason fandom culture exists is because of older women. And so I don't understand why loving a music group has to have an expiration date it doesn't make any sense to me yeah like because we had somebody who was also like struggling with the ageism like in our last army anonymous and they like touched upon a similar topic and like like you said older women are the backbone of fandoms they do so much and especially for our fandom considering the fact that majority of us are actually over the age of 18 so like the massive buying power that we have that's from older armies who are like who have jobs who are educated it's like and all the services that they provide for us like the army tutor accounts like the 
um, army funding accounts. Like there's so much of our fandom that is powered by older women and the knowledge and expertise that they're passing on to us that it is so disrespectful to just downgrade them simply because they're older. And it's like you are perpetuating the stereotypes from that we from that we already get from men who are misogynistic who are basically saying that any woman who's older and like something that would be expected to be liked by you know teenage girls that's weird or something mm -hmm. like that and like the whole thing about bts is that we always brag that our fandom is so diverse and that we have so many people from different age ranges yet you want to come on twitter and call like a 25 year old like a hag like that's so Look, weird to I me like anybody over the age of 25 is old the Why? ages are getting younger and younger because i've seen people refer to like 25 year olds as being as saying things like why are you on twitter shouldn't you be dealing with a mortgage first of all i don't know like this has to be like some high schooler that has no idea how adult life works because no 25 year old is focused on paying off their mortgage in fact i highly doubt most 25 year olds even have a mortgage <laughs> not in this economy not in this economy it's just so crazy because um i know me and daisy's situation really isn't uh it's not the most comparable because we're both 21 so you know we're not that old yet but it makes me think how are people going to perceive us in just two or three years you know like i feel like yeah. we're not going to be that different and yet i don't know it's it's kind of crazy to think about yeah and it's like i really hate this whole it was just a joke that's not that serious because like impact versus you know, intention yeah because not only is it impact versus intention but on top of that like you're saying to that person who you just insulted it was a joke it's not that serious but how many other people who have come up to them insulted them and said the exact same thing monday somebody insulted their joke they said it wasn't a joke it's, it's not that serious tuesday somebody did the same thing wednesday somebody did the same thing every single day these person uh these people face like all these people who are trying to dog on them for their age and then all of them say oh it's just one joke when they don't realize like there's probably 50 other people who said the same thing and it's like you don't understand how that Im impacts somebody's mental health and on top of that like like i was saying in the last episode this is all eventually going to come back to you because when you turn 20 or 30 or 40 and you realize you still like the same music that you liked when you were a, a teenager or a young adult because actually there been studies that have shown that like a lot of people's don't music preferences don't change after a certain age so like if you get past that age and you still like bcs you're gonna end up with people who are also dogging on you for your age because you created that environment in where people who are older than the age of 20 or 30 can't feel safe in the fandom because they're afraid of being called uh, a, a hag like imagine like the age starts just getting younger and younger until like you just see one tweet one day and it's like oh you graduated from university like how does it feel to be on your deathbed like i'm scared <laughs> i'm gonna see that no it's gonna be like um you graduated fifth grade and you're still listening to so-and-so like it's just gonna get it's gonna be ridiculous um like for I'm example my, my mom she's in i think she's in like her early 40s now um she was born in 77 uh and so she still loves harry potter she loves everything about harry potter and i feel like 
that's also one of those fandoms that has a huge mix of like younger and older crowds and stuff and i'm just imagining someone telling my mom that she's too old to like harry potter and like that would just blow my mind because i've seen her how excited she gets when she reads the book i when i was a young child i went with her to the grand release of the deathly hallows book uh, so like when the last novel came out, like I was with my mom in line at the bookstore uh, waiting for her to read it. And so like seeing, you know, that bring my mom so much happiness, I, I don't know, it kind of breaks my heart to think someone might call her too old for being happy. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't normally promote promote violence, but like if somebody ever got at my mom for and called her too old to enjoy something, I would just legitimately punch them in the face. I'm sorry. Anyway, I'm really sorry, OP, that like people have kind of, you know, probably triggered some bad memories, especially with all the health complications that you've had to face. Just know that, you know, there are a lot of older armies who do exist and that Probably the people ragging on you are high schoolers who have no idea how the real world actually operates. And I know it's, I'm not going to say, oh, just ignore them because that's probably the worst advice. You know, that's so much easier said than done. But I just really Mm -hmm. hope you'll be able to find a space where you feel safe and comforted. Yeah, because obviously, like, not every part of any fandom is 100% positive. Obviously, there's going to be some negative people. So the best we can do is just make an effort to find that space. And, you know, even Delilah and I, we have to work to find our space to make sure that we're in an environment where we feel a lot more comfortable and a lot more safe. So I really do hope that this person does find that space for themselves because, you know for someone like them especially like you said with the health complications that they've had like to you know for people to be making fun of them like that and they probably won't even know like that it's just so terrible yeah well good luck thanks to who um ever submitted this concern because it's definitely relevant and i hope uh we can you know start seeing you know, less stigma around older fans in the fandom. Yep. So next query, they say, we have to quit engaging with aunties. We always say we're going to never follow through. And it's always the bigger, more popular accounts. We need to focus on the boys and quit arguing with people that don't matter. We're not going to change their minds or make them stop. We should be moving in silence. And this is from the USA. Yes. We were just talking about this because honestly, like, uh, um, in fact, I do actually see a couple of big accounts from time to time who screenshot stuff that like literally has no engagement and it's like, what are you doing? Oh, that's my, I hate it. I hate it when people, uh, like screenshot tweets and you know, you know, I, I also hate it when people crop out like the retweet and like ratio because you just oh, know, yeah. you just know it probably had no engagement, but they cropped it so they could be like, hmm, look what everyone is saying. And it's like, no, not everyone is saying that. Stop it. <laughs> right? Like talking about everyone when in reality, it was like actually 10 people like stop doing this. Cause then like for me, 
when I discuss this course, I try to avoid screenshotting anything. Sometimes I make a lot more general statements or like if it was really that bad, even fact when it's really that bad, I usually don't screenshot. There are very few instances where I actually screenshot something to address it. So like it, cause it just doesn't really do anything. Um, showing people screenshots, it makes the people feel negative. I don't want to make anyone feel negative on the timeline or bring that negativity on the timeline. Mm -hmm. And I'd rather just discuss it in a whole separate tweet altogether. I feel like pre presenting somebody with screenshots and saying, oh, look at what this fandom is saying. is just so unproductive and it just increases fandom tension even more because then you're going to get ratioed then the people who are jumping you are going to start dogging on bts and or the fandom and then you're going to get all of us in trouble because you wanted to screenshot something that had two likes and three retweets mm -hmm. yeah like i understand maybe screenshotting something because the only way to give context is if it's like a specific picture of something or whatnot like for example I think um, a while back, the ugly Baskin Robbins cake, uh, maybe like screenshotting that to be like, this is what people were saying and people were attacking OP because they called the cake ugly because it was ugly. <laughs> it was so ugly. <laughs> Hashtag Delilah cancel. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I feel like, you know, we don't like it when people screenshot armies with zero likes uh ragging on other groups and stuff and painting it as the whole army fandom so like why are we doing the same thing to aunties you know it's just it comes off as like really hypocritical and i i think we just need to stick to ourselves yeah exactly like i feel like like you said, it's just so hypocritical, but a lot of people don't want to hear that, especially when it's coming from somebody in the fandom, because it's like, oh, you're siding with aunties? No, we're not siding with aunties. It's just, you look goofy, and I'm calling you out. <laughs> exactly. Ooh, the next one. They say, I see a lot of armies policing others and telling them what they can and cannot post on their own accounts. How do we deal with this? I was just talking about this yesterday on the timeline for context. Today is December 17th. And yesterday, if you follow me, you may or may not have seen me talking last night about um, this person who got like jumped for making fan art of basically what had happened was they, because there was a recent run episode and Jimin was wearing a super cute outfit, by the way. It was like denim overalls and he had like a yellow striped shirt and he had a lollipop in his hand because, you know, he was playing a role of like the leader of the neighborhood kids or something because they were doing a mission or whatever. And so this artist went and drew Jimin as a kid and then um, they drew Tay in his costume from that run episode carrying kid Jimin. And then basically they put a caption under the tweet that said, uh, I think it was like V's baby or something. Mm -hmm. And then people jumped on them and told them to delete because they said it was infantilizing. And first of all, people don't know what the word inf infantilizing means. Like that was so stupid. Second of all, like people want to go and police what people are posting on their accounts. And it's just like, who are you to tell this artist they can't draw this? Firstly, because you don't understand the word that you're using. And secondly, mm -hmm. because you don't like it. Like there's a lot of people who like, if they're not comfortable with something instead of ignoring it 
or maybe muting certain words if they don't want that type of thing to come up they will go and get mad at the person posting even when they've done nothing wrong because for some reason there are people who walk around on twitter and expect the whole app to revolve around them and it's like you are in for a surprise yeah I don't know. It's 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 a it's a mess. Uh, I I really don't know what to say other than the fact that it's just so messy. Yeah, and it's like I just I really wish that people would stop policing others. Like it's one thing if what somebody said is actually problematic, but if it's like just you don't like it, just stop looking at it cuz at the end of the day, it's the internet, and while the internet, I do feel, can be a bit more accommodating, it's not gonna fully just like, just cater to any certain person or specific demographic of people. So I really don't think it's right for armies to be policing others to tell them what they can be posting on their account. Like, if you see a lack of something or you see too much of something being posted, then why don't you make up for it on your own account? For example, mm -hmm. let's say that there's an army policing somebody about, oh, you're not posting enough about, um, I don't know, like Namjoon's lyricism in mono. Okay, you tweet about it then. Yeah, also some people, like, some people have lives outside of Twitter, so maybe they're only checking in every once in a while and just like retreating a few things they see. They're not really engaging with what's happening on the timeline because they are busy doing other things because Twitter is not the real world. Oh yeah, and you know what this also goes for? This also goes for, actually it's pretty ironic that I'm talking about this, but um, basically when it comes to mourning the loss of people, um, there's a lot of people, especially on K-pop Twitter, who get mad at others when they're not engaged in the morning or they're just tweeting about other things and like the same thing happened with uh sully when it was recently um the anniversary of her death like a month or so ago um i don't remember what day specifically but like not too long ago it was the anniversary of her death and people were getting mad at armies for for using hashtags for something completely unrelated. I think BTS was either doing something or whatever, and people were getting mad at ARMYs using hashtags on the same day as the anniversary of her death. And it's like, I understand that you're going through a hard time, but you can't force other people to mourn with you or to just not tweet, because like, I just don't understand that mentality. And today as well, because December 17th, this also marks the third year since uh, Jong Hyun's passing. If you don't know who Jong Hyun is, he's a former member of the group SHINee. And I feel like there's probably going to be some discourse about that today as well, because um, obviously some people are mourning and they might want their whole timeline to be filled with mourning. But then at the same time, it's like not everybody is coping the same way that you are where some people instead of mourning openly on the timeline maybe they might just want to go into escapism because you know social media is really good for that and maybe they might just want to feel better by retweeting cat pictures all day but you can't yell at them for their coping mechanisms just because yours are different you know like this whole policing people into doing stuff that they don't want to do stop it it's not cool like enough yeah i i really wish we need to move away from like 
assuming that people are purposefully ignoring issues like I don't know that's just not I think it's wrong when people are like for example I remember during like election season some k-pop stan accounts were like um I come here to escape politics why is like everyone talking about the election and it's like I mean, yeah, people are on K-pop Twitter for K-pop, but also, you know, these are issues that affect people's actual lives. So if people want to talk about what's happening in the election, I think, like, that's fine. I think saying, oh, you're a K-pop stan account, so you only need to talk about K-pop is wrong. But I don't think we should make assumptions based on what people are not talking about. Yeah, it's just overall dumb. But yeah, that pretty much concludes the section of fandom division. So now we're going to move on to the cancel culture uh, section. So the first question, it says, how quick people are to cancel and even worse, how quick people are to forget? Prime example, canceling Borahe funds from mentioning funding Dynamite. Days later, we see BTS chart data starting a matching party with four Life Goes On and four Dynamite. Everyone acted as if this wasn't the, uh, as if this plan wasn't something Borahe funds considered. The infighting and canceling was really terrible to see, especially since in the end, everyone actually agreed. Um, I didn't see the whole thing with this, but I did. We were talking about earlier how Borahe Funds was kind of like under fire because they wanted to prioritize like Dynamite because it was Grammy voting season and all that. But um, in terms of this, like I didn't see the whole BTS chart data, Borahe Funds discourse. But what I guess the main point of this question really is more of just like, uh, people will cancel somebody for something and then like the next day like somebody else will have the same idea and then people will then agree with that idea and then pretend like they never canceled like the first person for doing the same exact thing mm-hmm. I think that's so weird yeah I don't know like I feel like people automatically join the cancel train because they feel like that if the group is agreeing to something, then I guess that means they also have to agree to it or else then they're wrong and no one wants to be wrong. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, no one likes to feel like the odd one out. So I kind of understand why people might jump the train and be on board with saying, oh, this so-and-so account is, uh, you know, problematic. But also I really wish people would kind of like think more about like what exactly it is that people are um, canceling it about. Like for example, if I see someone say, oh, so-and-so said this, I'd be like, oh, well, do you have a screenshot of what exactly they said? Instead of just like going off of, you know, what other people are saying. Like I would want to know like the exact details and context of a situation instead of just going off with what other people are saying yeah there's just this huge huge lack of critical thinking in cancel culture and i guess you know 
the whole hive mentality thing like that's like that and cancel culture are pretty much like best friends honestly because when it comes to how quickly people cancel somebody sometimes not even because they even know the full context but just because they don't want to seem like the odd one out like it's becoming i feel like it's becoming worse these days because i don't know a lot of people were saying it's because of the pandemic and because a lot of people are home and have time and also there's people going through all sorts of different emotions and that like manifests on the timeline i would not be surprised if that was the case because the way that some people have been canceled in these past few days especially me literally just talking about that uh artist who got canceled for literally nothing like it's just becoming so much to deal with and I don't know how we're going to survive until this pandemic is over. I really don't know either. Like, ugh, it's just so frustrating. I, I don't know. I really wish people weren't so quick to just automatically cancel people because I feel like it's such, like, you have to have such a moral superiority complex like you have to have done absolutely nothing wrong you have to be one of god's angels that came down to earth for you to be so critical of someone maybe not say not wording something as best as they could like i'm not saying oh you know if someone says like something racist that that means that oh we should hear them out that's not what i'm saying i'm saying people will take tweets that were maybe poorly worded and twist it into something that it's really not. Yeah, people love putting their whole spin on things. And honestly, we just need to learn how to do better. Um, the next questions, I guess, like, because there's only four under this section, but like the next three questions are kind of similar to each other. So I'll kind of just like read them out in quick succession. Um, so basically the next one says non-problematic people being canceled and attacked for no reason. The third one is very short and basic. It just says the cancel culture. They want us to talk about it. And then the last one, basically they said, sometimes I feel like the fandom as a whole is too quick to judge others and throw people under the bus. I've seen situations where people got so much hate for the smallest perceived slights. We are all humans. Everyone makes mistakes. So maybe we should be more accepting and accept sincere apologies instead of canceling somebody because we disagree with them. See, I think Delilah, we, you, you and I were just talking about this, I think perhaps off the recording where like mm, yes. people will want an apology from somebody and they'll actually apologize and do it genuinely. And then the people in their replies are like, oh, we're not reading all of that. Yeah, exactly. They'll be like, uh, you need to say something, blah, 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 blah. You need to apologize. But then like when they release an apology, the replies are all, no one's going to read all that. And it's like, go away because you actually don't care about the issue. You just want to, you know, hop in and, you know, feel morally superior. Like you don't actually care about the apology. Exactly. It it makes me so mad when somebody like gets canceled for doing something. Sometimes it's not even like as big of an issue that people make it out to be. And then they come forward and apologize and people don't want the apology. They don't want to hear that the person is truly sorry. They don't want to hear that the person is going to try and do better. They just want to post their fan cams and go. And I'm really sick and tired of seeing that because it's like, 
if you like i understand that you have the superiority complex but it's like shut up stop trying to make yourself so holy like you yourself have never ever done something wrong like imagine if like we just canceled anybody for one simple mistake like mm -hmm. if that would be the case yo my parents would have canceled me ages ago like probably <laughs> since i was like born i want to know I, you know what might be like an interesting podcast episode is if like we took examples of we felt were bad apologies and insincere versus apologies that are actually good and sincere so then that way people can you know be able to differentiate because so many people will be like this is a sincere apology when in my opinion i'm like well they took all the blame on themselves they didn't push it on other people um they followed all the right steps they took accountability they said what they're going to do next to prevent you know so and so from happening again like that's kind of all they can do so like what more do you want yeah i think that might be a good thing to cover so people can just at least go in like knowing what a good apology looks like and what doesn't because like the way that people move on here like they've never ever seen or heard a proper apology before in their life or something or i, I don't know like i don't know what kind of expectations they have for people's apologies but it's just like weird like they expect the person apologizing to be like it was totally my fault and as punishment i will now throw myself into the nearest river like what do you what do you want them to do <laughs> i know it's ridiculous and i i really am interested in you know this topic more because i hope that if people you know are able to pick out what exactly is and isn't a good apology then you know maybe people are able to be more forgiving yep so yeah that concludes the cancel culture section so now we're going to move on to the media section and it's really really short it's literally just like one question under this topic but they said i wonder about the korean media treatment to bts we have all seen press conferences for their albums but i wonder if some reporters still do slander slash belittle them despite attending these conferences what do they get out of this does the gp in korea care just curious and this is from singapore uh yeah some reporters definitely do still slander them and i think it's kind of think about Think of it like this, you know, um, people will, who don't like BTS will still follow their comebacks just so they can find something to hate about. It's kind of like one of those things where it's the kind of there, not because they're actually interested in reporting good news, but they want to find some way to twist whatever BTS says into their favor or into whatever company that represent into like their favor. Yeah, because I think a good example of this would be, um, it was that one press conference, I think last year, it might have been for Map of the Soul Persona, where that reporter tried to ask them about their plagiarism accusations. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, like what? <laughs> yeah, like so basically for all who don't know, there's a press conference last year around uh, the release of Map of the Soul Persona and this reporter tried to ask them 
about the plagiarism accusations that BTS have faced throughout the years as if he was trying to catch them out or to prove like, oh, ha, huh? everybody was right. All the rumors were true. BTS are nothing but uh, copiers and, and, and they just lick the feet of Big Bang and, and EXO and BAP and all those other people who've come before them or whatever. But um, luckily, BTS are media trained enough where they don't fall for that garbage and Yoongi put that reporter in his place. But it's stuff like that where you really think it's like in the big year of like 2019 or 2020, like you're still treating them like this. I know obviously like nowadays because they're so popular and especially after the news of um, them topping the charts with B and their Grammy nomination, like Korea is pretty much like bowing down towards BTS right now, but there still are a lot of media presences who still don't treat BTS with the report they deserve. And some were even trying to paint what they did with the whole billboard, uh, charting thing like they, some people try to paint that as easy or like it was easy to get a grammy nomination because remember because jimin was talking about one time how he posted on fan cafe that his friend said he asked the, his friend asked him is it easy to top the billboard charts and he said he almost wanted to hit him <laughs> imagine thinking chopping chopping the billboard charts is easy and you know this is a little bit of a tangent i kind of hate when people are like, why are we so concerned about the billboard charts? You know, the U.S. isn't the world. And I completely agree. I think there shouldn't be so much emphasis on just, you know, the U.S. music industry. However, it is a fact that it is so difficult to break into the U.S. music industry. And it is very difficult to top the charts, especially multiple times the way BTS has. And so that should be celebrated. And I think, you know, people trying to downplay it and make it seem like it's a superiority complex thing is just, I don't know. I don't like it. I don't like that attitude. It's just that because that's not the point. The point is they're doing something that's extremely difficult to the point where other people perceive it as easy. Yeah, that's the thing. Because of the fact that we've worked so hard in the past three years to get BTS the success they deserve, and BTS has just been putting out quality music time and time again, like, they make what they're doing look so easy that, like, that's why all of these other companies are flooding their groups into America because they've seen what BTS are doing and think, oh, we can do that when they don't understand how much work it takes from not just like the group itself, but also the fans. And we've already talked about this in previous episodes. A lot of fans do not want to put in the legwork um, because they see the type of work we put in. They think, eh, no, I want to do that. I don't want to do that. And then they just kind of like let their artists flop a bit in the US. So yeah, like there's just so many layers to it. It's not as easy as it looks. I know people like getting so upset uh, armies focusing on numbers and streaming and then painting that as not caring about the music and then being confused when their own artist isn't doing as well it's just it's really crazy <laughs> yeah you can't like make fun of us for caring about numbers and then wonder why your idol burst into tears because they did not get their music show in 
I, I just don't understand where all that's coming from. Do you not see what's going on? Do you not understand that for all these awards that like these artists have to win, you need numbers to back it up? People think that like people just win awards through popular opinion on Twitter or for how many views your fan cams have. Like they don't understand that in order for people to win these awards, you need streams, you need sales, you need all sorts of stuff. Like even like if you had, I don't know, like even if you were voted really good by judges who sometimes like some awards have that criteria where they have like critics or judges who will be judging but that's still such a small percentage and like if you just really want to make sure that your artist is going to win something just work for it but most people don't want to do that uh, the phrase i hate the most it's not a competition what do you think it they're is. doing every single week on m countdown inky gaio um music core whatever what do you think these people are doing they are literally standing and watching all of these points get added that's based off sales and live voting and sns points and you know digital streams and that all gets added up and whoever has the most wins a trophy it's literally a competition what is not clicking and it's always the international fans, and we've touched upon this in our um, uh, in episode. Well, I mean, it hasn't come out yet, so you guys will know later what episode I'm talking about. But we kind of touched a little bit about this, and um, honestly, I agree. Like people saying it's not a competition. K-pop has been a competition since day one, and that's why all these fandoms have so many fan wars. It's all because of competition. There has never been a fan. Like I don't understand what people think fans fight over you know mm-hmm. we went on a little bit of a tangent but i would say uh the the korean gp i feel like uh they care somewhat but it just depends on like how the issue is reported on like for example um like you know the military law that's like being discussed and was passed and stuff the gp is going to care a lot about that because you know, doing military service is something that every Korean male has to do at some point. So that might get more media attention and therefore more people will be reading about it. It just, it just really depends. Um, and what do people, what do reporters get out of it? Um, it's really just making their, whatever company they represent look better, basically. That's the gist of it. <laughs> Yeah, like me, like reporters really have like two aims to make their company look better and make money. And by making their company look better, that in turn gets them that money. So they kill pretty much two birds with one stone. So I've, I've said yeah. this before, but BTS are breaking all of these records and, you know, surpassing expectations through their sheer force. Um, the Korean music industry didn't help them. It was all them, and people are angry about it. They're so mad that the group that wasn't supposed to make it not only did make it, but surpassed everyone else, and people are bitter. Yep, BTS is the... BTS are the kings of making everyone bitter, and you know what? That's life. 
But yeah, that pretty much concludes the media section. So now we're going to be moving on to uh, our next topic, which is uh, queries regarding race. So the first query is um, somebody said supporting BLM and not reducing it to internet trends. Like what difference does it make when everyone uh, when everyone just supports it for one for one day and then moves on SMH? So I agree with this because there's a lot of people who will say BLM and I don't know, post a black square on Instagram or on Twitter. And then they're like, right, that's enough activism for today. And then they move on. Like, obviously, like, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, people should be posting about certain issues at every single time of the day on like every day of the week but if you're going to go and support a movement just do more than the bare minimum retweeting one person's post and then logging off like especially with like you see it a lot with like a lot of social media influencers for example like people were getting at um i think it was like uh what was her name charlie d'amelio and then also Uh like james charles because like um they were Cause you know how, um, the whole issue a few, like last week about, um, that man who had received the death penalty. And then they were talking about, oh, we just logged on and saw the news. Like, it's so heartbreaking when people were like, you're social media influencers. Like you literally are paid to be on your phone and engaging with other people. Like that's your job. How are you now just finding about this? as if you're not on like Twitter and Instagram and stuff like at all times of the day. So like it just goes to show you how some people like literally don't care, want to make it seem like they care or think that it's just a trend. And like once you're done tweeting about it, it's done with like obviously like it's good to spread awareness with stuff like Black Lives Matter. But even after you stop tweeting about it, it's still going on in daily life. So if there's like anything you could else you could do aside from like just tweeting about it, I think that would be great rather than mm-hmm. treating it as if it was like one hashtag that happened in June and then nothing else. But I think also Black Lives Matter at all times of the year. Exactly. But I going off of that, I feel like another big problem is assuming that people are not doing anything just because they didn't use a certain hashtag. Um you know, and saying, oh, they don't actually care. And it's like, you don't know what they're doing, what kind of activism they're doing outside of um, Twitter, you know? So just assuming that, oh, they don't actually care about so-and-so issue. It's like, well, how how, how would you know? Like, obviously, just, like, I'm sorry, just, like, putting Black Lives Matter in your bio doesn't mean anything if you're not actually, you know, working to confront, you know, anti-Black sentiment in your daily life. So, seeing, like, assuming that just because someone uses a certain hashtag or has something in their bio means they care about the issue, when in reality, some people probably just do it to blend in and not look bad. So I think, you know, need to not reduce, you know, BLM to a hashtag and understand that people are probably doing activism outside of Twitter and you shouldn't judge them just based on what they do post on Twitter. Yeah, because like that whole issue was what happened in June when people were like literally, some people were going out of their way to like, 
harass bts on like twitter and weverse because they were like you guys haven't done anything all you've done is like a tweet about black lives matter like what else are you even doing and then it turns out that not only did they donate a million dollars but they did it like literally almost as soon as the whole george floyd thing happened so it's like this is why i don't go out of my way to harass people when i don't see them tweeting about a certain issue because it's like i have no idea what they're doing offline and like on top of that bts they normally don't like publicly announced that they're donating it was a, a, a media outlet that had reached out to him that asked them if they donated and they confirmed like so if they had never reached out we would have never known you know so it's like don't ever say that nobody's like doing nothing because of the fact that you don't see them tweeting about it like you just don't know and mm -hmm. honestly i think it's just so disrespectful to treat it as like if you're not tweeting about it you don't care because then it's like some people like you said some people just use it to fit in and then other people start to try and use the whole black lives matter movement to be like edgy because like i remember seeing stuff like somebody was trying to use i think acab as like neo pronouns or something and it's like girl what are you doing it's just it's really crazy i think how much emphasis people put on internet activism like internet activism is a great tool it's a great way to spread information it's a great way to spread resources it's a great way to organize people like it's great but i think some people you know care more about the image than the actual issue which is why you would see pictures of like influencers having a photo shoot at blm protests um it's just i don't know i think you know we really need to not treat issues as a surface value and just see it as a hashtag because just because someone isn't tweeting about it doesn't mean they don't care yeah i remember seeing people like dressing up and like having photo shoots at blm protests and i'm like you if you're not going to jail then you are certainly going to hell so y'all <laughs> don't do that make sure that you support things properly because if i see you out on the street and you're wearing freaking louis vuitton and having a photo shoot while people are wearing masks and holding up posters you're getting clocked and if it's not by me it's going to be by another protester so keep that in mm. mind for next time one of my <laughs> friends was doing something pretty cool one of my college friends she was doing this thing where um she like does art and stuff and she was giving away free art commissions if you send her proof that you had donated to like a bail fund for protesters and i feel like that is you know a meaningful way to you know be a part of something and actually like have impact instead of just like doing a hashtag and being done with it you know what i mean yeah, I think that's a great idea, being able to find creative ways for people to help. I think that's what it's all about, being able to just support each other. And that's what we should be focusing on rather than looking good on the internet. Like, that's just, it's just not worth it. So yeah, there's that query. And then the next query 
says, as a non-black person of color, I find it hard to navigate certain discussions. If I don't say anything, I'm assumed to be racist or for not having an opinion fast enough. If I say something even not negative, but um, in curious discussion, I am speaking on black people's business. Do I simply retweet other black people of color's opinions and not form my own tweets? Sorry if this is a bit controversial and this is from North America. So um, I definitely do agree that there is a fine line for some reason on Twitter where it's like some people will get attacked for not tweeting fast enough but then it's like if you're tweeting about something that's not really related to somebody of your own race then you're seen as speaking over that community um so honestly I say do whatever makes you comfortable I think there's ways to tweet in which it's not speaking over people and you're just supporting you know that certain community um, and I think it's really important that you don't try and pick sides for something because obviously, especially within the black community, we're not a monolith. Some black people might be offended over certain things while some others might not. And I think it's good to hear out all sides and try to understand all sides rather than um, if your timeline is saying you should agree with this, you should agree with it. Or if your timeline is saying you should disagree with something, you should disagree with it. I think that you should definitely take the time to educate yourself and form your own opinions and also you know spread other sources that you have found to be educational to other people um but yeah honestly i think you just do you if somebody's attacking you because you're not tweeting the way you like they that they like i think that's a problem with them because i've also had that sort of issue before where people have gotten mad at me because I wasn't tweeting enough about a certain topic, even though I wasn't really that educated on it. And I was taking the time to learn up on the situation before I was even making tweets about it. So it's like, honestly, if you feel like you're not educated enough, you don't have to say anything. You can just step back and maybe not engage in the discourse. Um, You know, honestly, I, I just think that Twitter, when it comes to stuff like this, it's just really hard to navigate. And I understand this person's point of view. I think also um, from an empathetic standpoint, I, I feel like when, you know, people attack someone for, you know, speaking where they're not supposed to, even if you have genuine concerns and want to start a discussion, the reason why people get jumped who have genuine questions is because there are so many people that don't have genuine concern and they just want to be an ass and play devil's advocate all the time and they don't actually care they are specifically asking questions to make people feel riled up and stuff and they're purposefully being obtuse in order to you know uh to cause conflict so i think the reason why some people are very sensitive when people have genuine concerns is because sometimes it can be difficult to gauge whether or not that the where they're coming from is from a place that's genuine so if you have a genuine concern and people jump you for it try to not take it too personally i just think um you know there's just a lack of understanding on both sides and understand that maybe people have been dealing with you know, people not actually caring and they don't want to deal with that again. So they're quick to kind of jump others. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, I think it makes sense. Another thing I just thought of, maybe if you're uncomfortable, like publicly asking for questions, maybe if you know somebody who is educated on that specific topic, you could always reach out to them privately and just ask them what's going on, if there's anything you can do, um, because that normally works for people. Um, and, you know, it takes a lot of like the stress off of you. Um, in the fear that somebody might misunderstand you because like obviously with DMs you can engage in a longer conversation with that person so they can understand what you're saying but for a tweet you only have a few sentences to say exactly what you want to say exactly the way you want to say it or you get jumped and you get ratioed so I think that if that's what you're worried about definitely maybe just try the DM method and that would probably work a bit more for you in your case but yeah, yeah. DM, DMs are always a good way because like our group chat that you know me and Daisy have been in for a while um is a bit diverse and stuff so sometimes if there's like a specific issue or topic going on and we might not know enough we'll kind of ask people in our group chat what their opinion is especially if it's like something regarding um maybe there's a group that you know is being accused of maybe like cultural appropriation but since we're not of that culture but we know someone in our group chat who is we'll ask what their opinion is on it kind of thing and so it's just i think maybe uh trying to utilize direct messages is a good way to get genuine answers yeah, so I hope that definitely works out for you. And that concludes our topic on race. So we're gonna move on to the final section of this Army Anonymous episode. And it's slightly linked to race, but because there are a few questions that were kind of talking about the same thing, we put them in its own category. And it's in regards to um, Bernard. And if you don't know who Bernard is, basically what had happened was a few days ago um this man named brendan bernard was sentenced to death because he was involved in a robbery that ended up in the murder of i believe two people and even though he didn't kill anybody he was still sentenced to a death penalty and he was executed uh, a few days ago and so a lot of people were very upset about that rightfully so i was too and a lot of people were um you know trying to basically spread awareness on twitter about how we as a you know as a country don't like like we don't respect the death penalty and we want better for black people especially who are in the criminal justice system um but anyway that's the context behind this section so um the first query regarding that is please 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 bring some light to internet activism the things that happened today were heartbreaking but it doesn't make sense to attack people who tweet positive things and are asking others to support dynamite i hate the amount of armies that attack fellow armies today it was infuriating and that was from india so like i was saying with the other posts when it comes to certain situations I think it's definitely okay to ask people to spread awareness for certain things. For example, if you wanted to, you know, this, you know, before um, Bernard was executed, if there was petitions you wanted to sign, um, if you wanted to ask people to spread those, I think that's totally okay to attack people who might not know about the situation, I think is wrong because again, this person is, you know, sending this from India and naturally
obviously if you're in India you're not going to be seeing everything that's going on in America and obviously because Twitter is um, catered to where your location is naturally the trends that you have in your location are going to be more tailored towards you so you're not going to see everything that's going on in America so mm -hmm. for sure for sure like some people are going to be getting the news earlier or later than others and not even just because of location but some people might not even have been online at the time of this whole thing going on so you can't attack people for not tweeting enough about something or not knowing about something just because something happened around your area and you see that they're not tweeting about it um i think that there should definitely be a lot more consideration regardless of how angry or upset you are towards other people because these emotional outbursts on the timeline like they give me a headache yeah for someone who is from the u.s all of this was happening during the time that i was traveling here um because i go to school in virginia but my family lives in hawaii so i was traveling um and it takes a while to get to hawaii it's like multiple flights so for a good minimum of like 13 hours i was on and off wi-fi the only time i really had wi-fi was when I was waiting for a connecting flight and even then I still wasn't trying to use my phone that much to like conserve battery so when I would see what was happening I was only able to kind of like retweet and like a few things like I really wasn't in the place to have you know a lot of discussion that I might have if I wasn't traveling so I think you know it's important to you know engage in these discussions but I think it's not really fair to attack people because they you know are not a hundred percent aware of what's happening for example this is you know very specifically about the u.s and how they see the death penalty and how the government sees it versus how you know uh pr private citizens see it and so someone like op from india might not have a full grasp on the death penalty because they don't know the process of it and they don't know who it affects who it disproportionately affects which in this case is you know black people in the criminal justice system and so if you aren't fully educated on how the entire process of the death penalty works in the united states then you might not be able to form an opinion on it because you don't know and i think it's important for people to step back and realize that what is happening in their world and the issues that are happening in them is not visible to other communities. Yeah, I just, I totally agree with that. Honestly, again, like I said, asking somebody to spread awareness or letting people know about a situation that happened in your country that's 100 percent fine and please do so um attacking people no never the way to go doesn't matter what happened doesn't matter what your emotions are just stop going out of your way to attack people because i've said this before um you being upset about a situation makes your anger understandable but not excusable you can't just be parading around the app bullying people and attacking people however you like simply because you're not happy because that is a horrible way to live and i'm sure you would not like it if somebody was doing the same to you so it's just not cool overall so next one 
it says somebody needs to teach armies that one using a hashtag is not immediately a sign of disrespect two it's okay whether or not you want to use a hashtag what's not okay is policing others yes again this is what i was just talking about where people will complain about hashtag being used that's like completely unrelated to what's going on and it's like you can choose not to use the hashtag or you can choose to use the hashtag you can do whatever you want but stop yelling at people who are not doing things to your standards because it's like at the end of the day you're here like you know for people who go out of their way to attack others for using a hashtag and it's like are you even here to respect the memory of the person you claim to be you know mourning over or is this all about how it looks on the timeline to see your entire mm-hmm. timeline mourning when the people who you know you're mourning you know not everyone knows them maybe like the news hasn't reached other people yet and i don't think it's fair to go after people for using hashtags i think it's stupid. also time zones exist people time mm-hmm. zones exist in one area of the world where people are mourning so and so person they spend you know that day doing that but you know maybe it's already passed and therefore people feel like it's okay that they've spent quote unquote a day not tweeting about other things so now they can continue using other hashtags um but you know people will see that as a sign of disrespect when in reality maybe they were trying to be respectful and you know we forget time zones exist and so multiple things are going to exist at the same time because you know time works differently in different places so it it makes sense that you know the whole world isn't going to stop yeah time differences make it especially difficult like the same thing that happened with chadwick boseman when he passed away a few months ago it's like you can't expect everybody to stop at the same time some people are literally sleeping while the news is going on and they might wake up and then just realize the news it's like you can't expect everybody to be aware of the exact same thing nor can you expect people to have the resource like to have the same resources as you to understand what's going on and i think it's just really really like people expecting like the whole world to stop because something happened in their own country is like very ethnocentric because i'm certain that like there are so many issues going on at once and to yell at people for not caring about the issue that you're talking about meanwhile you don't even know what's going on in their own country like that's i think a really bad attitude to have all right i i think we can move on to the last um in regards to uh this topic and the last submission for army anonymous they say in my opinion a hashtag does not equal disrespecting someone's memory it's exhausting to see these trivializing performative stunts pulled again again on stan twitter with respect i'm going to ignore all and any suggestions to boycott trending hashtags these suggestions make no sense please share your thoughts Ugh, the snowplowers are really having a field day outside my house love that for me anyway um basically for this one like i agree like it's all to do with performative activism i say this so many times performative activism is one of the most common things i see these days especially after black lives matter it pisses me off how so many people 
use Black Lives Matter and claim that they care when they, the things that they tweet are just so insensitive and tone deaf. Because I remember people were talking about this with um, that one account on this day in K-pop. And for all who people, for all the people who don't know who on this day in K-pop is, it is supposed to be an account that will tell you what happened on a particular day in K-pop. So maybe, I don't know, it'll be June 13th and then that account will tweet on this day in K-pop, BTS debuted in 2013 with their song No More Dream. Like that's what the account is supposed to be for. But for some reason, <laughs> they are not good at using their account for its intended purpose because for some reason they love to stir up drama about BTS and with armies as well. Um, and they actually during... have me blocked. <laughs> Yeah, that like they has me are just, Yeah, that that account, like they, I think they also have me blocked now. I don't remember what I said to them. But oh, I know I, what I, I said. Because <laughs> they were, they were, they they gave their stupid opinion about a while back when Big Hit was like suing um, people, and it ended up involving like a thirteen-year-old, and people were like, "Oh, it's absolutely so disgusting that." Um, people would attack a child over k-pop and i had replied and i was like it's not over k-pop like it's because people were accusing jungkook of you know sexual assault and all these false rumors that are very serious topics so trivializing and making these serious topics and saying oh it's so unfair to you know cause trouble over k-pop is absolutely disgusting because it's not just k-pop and they blocked me because of that <laughs> honestly like that account pisses me off so bad and like like that whole issue like that's a whole another story for a different day but like for in terms of like what they were doing with blm like um they made a tweet that was like Oh, it took longer for, I think it was like, it took longer for BTS to tweet about BLM than it took for the four cops involved to get arrested. And people came at them so hard. And you know what? Deserved. Deserved. Because first of all, she is a British white woman and she wants to be talking all this about Black Lives Matter. So it's like, first of all, you're white. Second of all, you're talking about this and it's said Third in of such all, an insensitive you're British. way. You invented racism. <laughs> I'm telling you, like she really made Black Lives Matter not into just a trend, but a contest. Like this isn't a race to see who tweets about it first, because regardless of what time of year they tweeted about, they could have tweeted about George Floyd today and it would have still been valid because Black Lives Matter at every time of the year. And for her to treat it as whoever is the first to tweet about it is the most woke. Like I hated her for that so much. Oh, you know Lost what else? All you know what else she her. did? She did it on this day in K-pop um, post in regards to Jimin's November 2018 situation. Oh yeah, I remember that. And she also got heat for that. And again, deserved because like every single time I see that account, like I want to strangle her, honestly. I don't promote violence, but in this one instance, I really just wanted to in yeah, fact, let me even say that. if you are listening to this um, and you're following that, I, I think they had, I think they had to get suspended and made a new one. I don't know exactly what happened. Maybe I think they're back now. Whatever. 
if you're following that account, they are definitely an anti and you know, usually, um, you know how we're always like, oh, form your own opinions, but like, I'm telling you point blank, they do not respect BTS, they are a full-blown anti, and you should unfollow or block them, because they don't respect the members, and they, I don't know, they're always starting drama. Yeah, saying that you love BTS and you love the members and then continuously disrespecting them at like literally every occasion you get does not make you a good army and does not mean that anyone's going to take it easy on you. If anything, you saying you love BTS and then disrespecting them in the same sentence will make people hate you even more because it's like you are supposed to be loving and supporting them and here you are talking about all this and you expect people to think that you're an army i don't think so yeah they literally blocked me all because i said that reducing serious issues to k-pop and then trying to make people feel like they're making something a bigger deal than it is is absolutely gross and i was i wrong are you gonna tell me i'm wrong (laughs) absolutely not and you know what i think i remember what they blocked me over it was probably over that situation where um that minor was getting um fined yeah because that's they that's, said that's what i was blocked for because mm-hmm. i remember like i was like i saw what they said and i was like so so annoyed and then i might have linked what like my response to the whole situation in her tweets in her mentions i think i had made a threat or something and then she just blocked me and i was like well i tried yeah i don't think people understand I- how suing works like big kid gets the information and then they send it to the police and then if it's actually serious enough then like the legal system takes over this is not big kid purposefully targeting a child <laughs> Yeah, I don't even think it's like suing in general. It's just them filing a report to the police because what happens is they get the information and they send it to the police. And if the police decides if it's severe, then they will take action. So when people say it's over K-pop people, like I feel like people have this impression that BTS is emailing the police in Korea screenshots of people saying BTS flop on Twitter and <laughs> like they're getting fined for that. When in reality, like if it wasn't severe, it would not be pursued by legal enforcement. Like, and on top of that, like big has said time and time again they do not accept settlements which means that you cannot pay off big hit to get this into you get your i guess i guess you breaking the law off your record like you can't pay them for that which means that like if you get fined by the police then you get you have to pay that fine and it's going on your record like big hit isn't accepting settlements for that so it's like big hit literally gets no money from this so i don't understand people saying you guys are literally supporting a capitalist company uh suing children when in reality it's them filing a report to the police and the police get all of the money literally all the money goes back into the government children on the internet need a wake-up call um sometimes (laughs) like children i don't know people yeah like that they can just say whatever they want and it's kind of funny because the families of the people getting sued were like oh deserved like i looked at what they say they say like such nasty things like the families 
in Korea did not care. They were like, oh, it's about time someone punished my sibling. Like, it was kind of funny um, how international fans were, like, up in arms while, like, the families were over here going deserved. <laughs> it was literally the funniest thing to, like, see all of their siblings come out of the woodworks and be like, yep, it was about time she got this anyway. I will be... I'll be laughing when they have to go to the police with their parents, um, deserve, period. And I was like, you know what? I, I understand. I respect that. So I don't know how we got into this tangent, but back to the question. <laughs> um, I, again, like trivializing these things. Oh, yes, that's how we got on the tangent. Performative activism. Ah, there we go. Yeah. But and, anyway, like all this performative stuff where people are saying stop tweeting hashtags stop being happy on the timeline publicly we're not doing that here it's either depressed hours or you log off like stop stop enough like some people are not on twitter it's a mourn some people are here to cope and if you don't like what they're doing then you can mute them you have every tool in your arsenal to make sure that you have a safe space on Twitter where nobody is bothering you and you don't want to use it. It doesn't make sense to me. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. The, I, I'm so over people trying to paint people as being purposefully malicious all because they're using a hashtag to promote something and you're focused on another issue. Like, I, I don't know. It's just, it's so dumb. Uh, and I think uh, quarantine is, once again, just making everything worse. Because people have kind of no life. So they're like, I'm going to act morally superior on the internet. Because what else can I do? I'm begging people to start opening up schools, man. I can't do this no more. I really cannot. <laughs> But on that note, that is the end of all of our submissions. So this concludes episode two of Army Anonymous. Um, big, big thank you to everyone who submitted because, wow, we got so many this time and that really made us happy. And um, we can't wait for the next time the form opens, which will be three weeks before the release of episode nine. I wish I knew when episode nine was dropping. I forgot the date, but we will let you know on the timeline when the form opens back up so you guys can send us some more submissions. Yep. Thank you, everyone. Um, I'm sorry that sometimes me and Daisy just go on tangents, <laughs> but hopefully we answered your submissions in a satisfactory way if you still want to have further discussion like feel free our dms are open you can you know leave us um, a reply under our tweets we'll always try and get back to everyone so thank you guys so much for listening and until next time see you guys <laughs>